and welcome. This is the UC Santa Cruz News Roundup Podcast, and we're going to go over a few news items from the past couple of weeks. I'm Gwen Jordanay. I'm an editor for UC Santa Cruz News. And I'm Dan White. I'm a writer for UC Santa Cruz News. And we're going to talk about the recent news from UC Santa Cruz, all of which you can find at news.ucsc.edu. All right. So, Dan, any uh, any comments before we start? Well, I can't wait to get to the part about what you should and should not bring to college because I've got some doozies for you, Gwen. I've okay. been giving this subject a great deal of thought. Okay. <laughs> I brought some real strange things. Did you? Okay. Well, I can't I, wait to I find out. I didn't mean to. Oh, didn't goodness. To. All right. So. Well, that's going to be interesting. But for now, let's dive into the news. Yeah. So, Dan, do you think you could even live in a world without strawberries? I could live in a world without mushy, moldy strawberries, um, but I, I, couldn't, well, yeah, I couldn't live with it without really good, awesome. Couldn't, I couldn't live without delicious, good strawberries. No, I don't Why think do so. I feel like you're buttering me up for something horrific about strawberries? Is that going to happen? No. Is I have it a butter feeling or am you, I you're going to zing me. jellying <laughs> you up? Um. Let's, just, let's just get this, let's get this sad what story about strawberries over with. Strawberries for our smoothies and our jelly. I know. Um, and, of course, our strawberry shortcake. Um, well, I don't think we're going to get to that point. Let's just like end the panic. Okay. But it may be that the glory days of California's strawberry industry are fading. What? I know. I, I, I really hope not, but we're going to have to see. Yeah. Uh, Julie Guthman, who has a new book out, Wilted, it's called Wilted, Pathogens, Chemicals, and the Fragile Future of the Strawberry Industry. Um, she ha- she's a professor of social sciences at yep. UC Santa Cruz, and she's among the most knowledgeable scholars of the industry, so she's well-positioned to talk about it. And she says that a confluence of factors unique to the state's strawberry industry are jeopardizing it as it is currently and making the industry's future quite uncertain. Those factors include high upfront costs, labor shortages, increased pesticide regulation, and, of course, our favorite, the super high cost of coastal land and the impacts of climate change, including hotter and drier conditions. But the biggest factor that set the crisis in motion, according to Guthman, was the industry's early embrace of fumigants to control pathogens that cause strawberry plants to wilt and die, which actually happened to my own strawberry plants even though I didn't use any fumigants. They wilted and died? <laughs> yeah, because oh. I'm, I'm a terrible um, home farmer. Oh, I'm terrible too. My strawberries, unfortunately, didn't wilt and die because they were disgusting. They oh, looked, no. They looked like they'd be great. I got them from some orchard, some whatever supply center, the little sprigs, the little baby strawberries, and they yeah. were vile. Oh, no. Inspe- unspeakable. Okay, not, well, not fit for preserve. Clearly, uh, professionals yeah. need to do this, yeah, exactly. not us. The fumigants were effective, but using them caused repercussions that only make the bind berry growers are in right now even Even worse. worse. Oh, boy. Yeah. The chemicals made it possible to grow berries on the same land year after year. A seasonal luxury crop turned into a massive year-round behemoth of California agriculture, which does make sense. I mean, I remember strawberries being special and only in the summer, and now they're kind of all year round. Yes, yes. Strawberries are the fourth highest grossing crop in the state. And get this, you will not believe this statistic. 
88% of the strawberries in the United States are grown in California. 88%, that's unbelievable. And there aren't great solutions. A truly integrated system would mean scaling down to an extent that the numbers just don't pan out because growers can't pay the rent on high-value strawberry land if strawberries are a minor crop. So berry producers are embracing innovations, including organic alternatives to chemical fumigants, which UC Santa Cruz um, has played a huge role in putting forward, soil-less growing systems, and breeding for disease resistance. However, um, it's just gonna be a difficult path ahead for the industry, says Guffman. But let's hope growers can transition to some different systems that work and we can have our strawberry shortcake. I hope they figure something out, Gwen. Because that's kind of sad. It really is. All right, so uh, next story. Speaking about news of food and farming, sink your teeth into this. That was a good transition. Wow, I know, good, right? Yeah. The Center for, the Center for Agroecology <laughs> and Sustainable Food Systems, better known as CASIPS. That, I'm sorry, they do great work. I need a better <laughs> acronym. I need it to be like straw or, or, or flower. Like why can't we farmers that... loving organic wild. It should be something. somehow we got to do it to be F-A-R-M. <laughs> anyway, Cassifus, which has been a hub of innovation in sustainable <laughs> agriculture and food systems for decades, is embarking on a year-long effort to review and refresh its programs. Staff and faculty affiliates will spend the coming year assessing how the center can keep pushing the food movement forward, according to executive director Daniel Press. And to provide faculty and staff who are working on this with the ability to really thoughtfully craft a vision for the, for the coming decades, the center is also going to take a year off from its well-loved, renowned apprenticeship um, the full title is Apprenticeship in Ecological Horticulture, but we all know it as the apprenticeship um, where learners come and live on the land and um, learn all about horticulture and farming. Yeah. It's an intensive six-month residential program, and it enrolls 39 people each year, but they'll take a break from that in order to really focus on this refresh and review. Um, but they will continue all their other programs in the year ahead, like cutting-edge research, undergraduate courses and internships, offering community workshops, growing food for the dining halls and campus food pantries, hosting the annual Harvest Festival, and, and all kinds of other stuff. And also, there's more news I wanted, wanted to get out there. Um, Press, who is an, a professor of environmental studies, who was appoint, appointed CASFIS executive director in 2012, is going to step down as director oh, this fall. I did not know that. Yeah. It's, it's in the story, so uh, it's happening. Yeah. So it'll be this fall, um, although he, he'll continue uh, as an associate, as associate dean for the Division of Social Sciences. So okay. he'll be here. And taking over is Stacy Philpot, a director, uh, I'm sorry, a professor of environmental studies and the Alfred and Ruth Heller Chair in Agroecology. And she'll take over in October. Okay. So change is in the air. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's just happening. Um, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the new CASFIS when they've completed their review and the, refresh. The reboot. Yeah. 2.0. That's so, cool. Should yeah. be good. 
Looking forward to that too. I know. Okay. Uh, that's it for me. What's on your news radar, Dan? Well, this is exciting. Um, you know, citizen scientists, these are scientists who, like you and me, are just people who are really passionate about science and ecology, don't necessarily have an advanced degree in it. They're people who are scientists of the world. They can make a big difference in the wide and wild world of animal science. Now, UC Santa Cruz researchers have been inviting citizen scientists um, to help them achieve the first comprehensive counts of the thousands upon thousands of seals and sea lions and other creatures on Año Año Nuevo Island, which, as you may know, is a rocky, small island uh, just off the coast from uh, Año Nuevo State Park north of Santa Cruz, which, by the way, is a wonderful place to observe uh, elephant seals. There's a little walk you can take. Um, and you can find out about this special seal count going on at uh, dot com. But anyhow, there was a big launch for this count on Wednesday, August 7th on the Zooniverse Citizen Science Forum. Volunteers have been coming forward to help. However, the project still needs plenty of help in identifying and counting the animals in a, that were captured in a vast row of aerial photographs taken of the island and its many pinniped Inhabitants. Hmm. Now, access to the island is quite limited. In fact, it's off limits except for to a small number of researchers each year. So, uh, postdoc researcher at UC Santa Cruz, Roxanne Beltran, said that uh, she sees this as a very exciting opportunity to share the magic of Año Nuevo Island. Now, yeah. the area is a very important breeding site for the northern elephant seal, the California sea lion, and for seabirds. It's not an important breeding site. For some reason, my artificial intelligence thinks that it's an important breeding site for the zebra, but I think that's <laughs> inaccurate. So never mind. No zebras on Año Nuevo Island that I know about. I mean, I actually have to expect, inspect mm. the drone photos. Anyhow, now, why are they doing this? Why are they having these drone photos and having volunteers check them? Well, doing that in person can be a rather onerous process. As uh, Beltran yeah, said, <laughs> the traditional method is to use a handheld clicker. In other words, you're standing on the island, right? Using a handheld yeah. clicker. And you can imagine, she said, looking at a beach packed with moving sea lions, sit still sea lions so you can be counted, with birds attacking your head while trying to get an accurate count its heart. Now, uh, so nice. instead of... Uh, yeah, this <laughs> sounds like an improvement. So instead of doing that, uh, Noah, not meaning the uh, biblical patriarch, but the uh, National mm. Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, what they do is they conduct unmanned aircraft surveys of the seals and sea lions once per year when conditions allow and get these amazing high-res drone images, which yield potential valuable information about the animal population and how it fluctuates over time. And by the way, and hardworking and ambitious undergraduate at UC Santa Cruz named Sarah Wood has taken charge of the Zooniverse product project and is part of a full-time summer internship in the lab of Professor of Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, Daniel Costa. That's cool. Isn't An undergrad that so is getting to do that? Our undergrads do just about everything. We're everywhere. Every sector of the world. Oh my God. Counting pinnipeds. That is truly awesome. This is interesting how this sort of dovetails with a story we ran before about how they've been weighing virtually yeah. these things, not by actually trying to lift up a, a sea lion yeah. or elephant seal, but kind of gauging the weight of it through these photos. And since I'm talking quite a bit right now about research, I'm kind of moving along to the next topic, also okay. involving research. Now, 
uh, UC Santa Cruz is getting recognized for top research. It's being called again? among the top... Again? <laughs> See our previous stories. Uh, among the top 50 public universities for research, we have this top-notch faculty getting all kinds of recognition for the research work we've been doing, according to the latest review by the Center for World University Rankings, which released uh, the latest figures on August 5th, and show that UC Santa Cruz is number 45 among U.S. public universities, number 78 among all uh, U.S. higher education institutions, and number 208 in the entire world. Wow. And... Uh, this is something that is being hailed by UC Santa Cruz's new chancellor, Cynthia Larive. She says the report gives particularly high marks for the quality of our faculty, the influence of our publications, and our research citations. So bravo to all you out there doing influential research. Yeah, right on. Yep. Um, thanks for helping us uh, get ranked so high and getting recognized. Recognition is important. And speaking of recognition mm -hmm. and exposure, Mm -hmm. uh, UC Santa Cruz produces some really, as you know, Gwen, some really high-profile and talented creative thinkers and I producers know. of great content and uh, movies and art. And one recent success is the filmmaker Arwen Curry, graduated from UC Santa Cruz in 1996 as a language studies major. Now, she has a documentary movie, feature film, out right now called... Uh, the worlds of Ursula K. Le Guin. Huh. And Ursula Le Guin is, of course, a wonderful genre-bending uh, sci-fi and fantasy writer who died last year at age 88. And she's this wonderful, learned uh, author who kind of defied the early kind of all-male-dominated sci-fi genre. And she also introduced all kinds of literary fare, flair to her work. Um, anyhow, it's been on the festival circuit quite a lot. But then uh, earlier this month, her documentary got a national broadcast on PBS. In nice. fact, it was featured on, in, in, in a, a high-profile PBS series. Uh, and it's also currently streaming if you have the PBS video app. Uh, it's available on iOS, Android, Roku, Amazon, Amazon Fire TV, and among other places. Anyhow, I've now seen this documentary twice. It's really revelatory. It's got great interviews, not just with Ursula Le Guin towards the end of her life, but it's got interviews with people such as Margaret Atwood, who, mm. as you know, wrote The Handmaid's Tale, among and many others. who is coming to campus. Who is coming in to... April. I know. You heard that here first. Talk about news. Oh, my I'm God. I'm lining up. This is exciting. She does a master class in that master class program that's on, mm -hmm. and it's amazing. I really recommend okay. it very highly. Anyhow, and uh, also other legendary writers, including Neil Gaiman and David Mitchell, who wrote Cloud Atlas, are also uh, on uh, camera talking about the uh, wonderful influence and uh, lasting popularity of Ursula Le Guin. I recommend the movie highly. It's really, it's a, very cool. It's a good, and you said it's on PBS right now. Yes. And as I, my mom has a very brief appearance in the movie because she was oh, a right. dorm mate of Ursula Le Guin's at Harvard. Cool. So, doesn't speak on camera, but you see my mom, you know, chilling out with her. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, um, that's exciting. And congrats, Arwen, for, um, that success. Very cool. I interviewed her and she said it took 10 years on and off to do that movie. Oh my gosh. Dedication. She that said she is... sometimes couldn't see the end. But then yeah. she did it. Sometimes it just good. takes time. It takes what it takes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, cool. Very good news. Um, so let's, uh, I think that's kind of all the news we have for today. But one thing we did want to mention is that it is almost September. It's, oh my you know, gosh. by the time you hear this, 
it will be September. It sounds like you're going to say by the time you hear this, it's going to be too yes. late. Yes. <laughs> this will have self-destructed. I know, exactly. I always wanted to say that. But um, by the time you hear this, it will be September. <laughs> and September means that the new academic year is about to start. And that means move-in is coming, one of our favorites. Yep. You always get to see the, the freshmen and their parents. And it's so it's just like heartwarming and kind of heartbreaking at the same time it as, is. as they as they bid each other farewell and it's fun to see who's really organized yeah. and has got a tight pack in the car <laughs> and who's brought way too much stuff yes. for a for a quad yeah. or wherever you're going to end up i know it's so funny being. but um all right so move in um this year it starts september 19 for fall quarter coming up and i know and uh, we're just you know preparing for new students and their families to be busting boxes and and their giant stuffed animals and their crates of like ramen <laughs> and stuff um up to dorm rooms so check out uh housing.ucse.edu/move-in for the full schedule and one thing that's really hilarious when you go to that website is there's a little link at the bottom <laughs> entitled what to bring and what not, not to bring, to bring. <laughs> to college Boy. and it's pretty funny you should go check it out so it turns out you should not bring your barbecue grill oh definitely don't bring your that. firearms oh please don't bring your, your firearms your fireworks no pets right no dogs and you should not bring your cat or oh. your dog yeah but you can bring your fish up and up to a 10 gallon tank i didn't know that <laughs> 10 gallon tank yeah so if so you, you have, have like a, a fish fluffy your fish you can bring fluffy <laughs> but only small enough to fit in a tank. So, did you bring any crazy stuff to college, Dan? I I feel so bad. They're thinking to revoke my degree, but I had an illegal. <laughs> don't do this. It didn't work out for me. One of those crummy, not legal little ovens where it's good for nothing but baking those those disgusting Pillsbury. The, pop tarts? <laughs> no, not the pop tarts. The ones that come from a tube where you twist the tube and out pops the cinnamon roll. And oh. It was burned and I set off the fire alarm and I also brought <laughs> this t-shirt that I got at a secondhand store that a two hippopotamus is playing tennis and it was it had a caption in French underneath it that ended up being horribly offensive oh, no. but I didn't know what it meant and people were like oh it was just so I'm like what people in new French people yeah people in new French apparently it was something pretty unspeakable involving those tennis playing hippos how about you Gwen um, nothing totally crazy, of course. Um, I did bring a fairly giant stereo oh. system. Like, you know, back in the 80s, late 80s, uh, early 90s, wow. you know, stereos were kind of giant back then. Like your receiver. Hi-fi. Yeah, yeah. like hi-fi. And I had speakers and everything. And like, I had to cart that thing and set it up. And it was kind of large for the room because yeah. I was in a triple that was one room. All right, so uh, now that you're educated about what to bring and what not to bring, um, I think you're set for move-in. So yeah. go, to the, go to the website if you have any questions, and um, hopefully we'll be seeing you, seeing you on campus. And if you get Smith's or Cure music recommendations, we're here for you. Yeah, that's right. We're one email away. In the 80s music tips. All right, so uh, I think that's all the news, and that's it for this time. Good, as always, to have you with us, and we will see you next time. <laughs> all right, take care, everybody.